Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, DNA samples of almost every creature, artificially intelligent caretakers, ELE events caused by global warming, the distant future, and jazz musicians. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 254. You can check it anytime you like, but you can never leave. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcasts and vang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun-filled episode of the Spark and Mong Review, and the third episode in our week of insanity, because we gotta catch up, so we gotta go ba 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 and get them out as fast as we can. But I'm digressing. Now, first off, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Pretty much what that means is every episode I'll talk about one to two manga titles and tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the characters are, the plot is, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be as informative, inventive, entertaining, and impartial as possible. Even though sometimes it doesn't always work out because either the manga is really amazing or it's really terrible. But we try to do the best we can. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com, or you can email me personally at zan at That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Snapchat, Spotify, the iTunes Store, Apple Music Store, Player FM, Stitcher, the PSN Network, and if you have a Nintendo Switch, you can play me on at Zan Spyrokin. Just look under S-P-I-R-A-K-N on any of those social media sites or game slice and you'll probably find me somewhere because we're also on twitch and we are on youtube as well we have the audio files only i haven't done video yet but soon don't worry about that if you want to do something really awesome leave us a comment or concern or follow us at any of those lovely sites i'd really appreciate it now with that in mind let's get to the manga that we're going to be talking about today because if you remember from the last episode episode 253 where i talked about one week friends i spun that one that only the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated to be there reviewing a manga, which was actually has an interesting history behind it because it's written by a guy named Boichi as a Korean one shot manga. Mangwa. Then it was brought over here to Japan as a one shot manga. They just added two more chapters as opposed to one shot because it was just one chapter and then became two chapters. It was released in 2004 and it is a drama sci fi Senen series. And there is no real publisher because it's up in the air who actually published it. Was it the Koreans? Was it the Japanese? Who knows? 
But the manga I'm talking about is Hotel Since 2079. I know, weird title, right? So, so is it about a hotel that opened up in 2079? Kinda. Is it about hotel guests? Kinda. Is it about having fun and drinking in the minibar? No. This manga is actually about the end of the world. See, in 2075, Professor Dawkins, this world-renowned scientist, discovered and explains that humanity is going to become extinct in 2272 AD. Reason why is that global warming has affected Earth's weather to such a point that there's an unstoppable chain that has started, so chain reaction, that's going to result in the oceans boiling over and killing off all of the oxygen and then eventually killing off everything in the planet. Now, unfortunately, there's nothing that can be done at this point. So, Professor Dawkins has a brilliant idea. He says, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take DNA samples from every known life form except for humans, and we're going to save them, and we're going to make a giant tower in the South Pole, because that's the last day that's going to be affected for some weird reason. Antarctica is the last place it's going to be affected, so we're going to create this huge tower. We're going to get an artificial intelligence to watch over and protect these samples and then eventually life will come back and things will return once earth has become more hospitable supposedly now that kind of makes sense however i know what you're thinking why did we say not humans are humans going to be running this no professor dawkins feels that humanity has fucked things up so badly that for atonement we are not to be saved we're going to take a few of survivors, send them out into space, and leave a message that they have to come back to Earth eventually, and then they will bring back humanity. They'll bring back all the creatures, everything back, except for humans, because humans will become evolved to such a point that they will not be the same creatures that they were when they were on Earth, and hopefully they will learn from their mistakes and be much better beings. And all the animals, all the plants will be safe. So... Who's going to take care of this, you wonder? As I said, an artificial intelligence will be taking care of this. So, uh, Professor Dopkins' assistant, Jiro Ano, comes up with this super brilliant AI. Who, his assistant, whose name is Kira Knightley, not to be confused with the actress, decides to name him Louis, after Louis Armstrong. And this AI is much more intelligent than humans, but it begins to grow a bond with Kira and Jiro. Eventually, humanity sends off their last remaining people into space. Everyone else has died, and now Louis Armstrong is stuck taking care of his guests, these samples that are in his care. And what does he do? Well, he eventually gains true sentence because he's got centuries and centuries and centuries to wait, and he just keeps trying to figure out how to be more efficient. Maybe he'll change the diameter on one angle, so now it's wind-resistant. Maybe he'll create more robots that can actually repair things over and over again. And he ends up becoming intelligent and smart. But the problem with that is as he becomes more intelligent, he starts to show hints of despair loneliness, depression, because he's trying to work on this never-ending battle, trying to win this battle, protecting these samples for someone who may or may not show up. And also, as he begins to gain sentience, his mind starts to wander. So what could seem like a moment to him would be a thousand years, which is really bad because he, like, blinks out for a minute and then he's like, wait, what happened? Most of the samples were destroyed. Oh, God, how did that happen? Now, is the world saved? Well, the world 
solves its own problems, like the rumors have been that once global warming ends, Earth without humanity destroying it will eventually repair itself, which it does, even though a meteorite does land crash, causes acids, all this other stuff happens. But eventually aliens do show up, and they are able to relieve the caretaker at last and save everybody. But before they do, they discover that Louis Armstrong had one last trick up his sleeve. And no, it wasn't an awesome music solo. No. He actually had taken a piece of DNA from his two favorite people, Girolano and Kira Knightley. And he has their genetic samples so they can be brought back. Or a version of them. So it's very bittersweet, very depressing. As a one-shot, it is one which is just... There's very little images of people at first. I mean, the first couple of chapters are everyone talking, but then it's just a tower and little robots and the world, seeing how the world floods, then it recedes, then it gets all dusty, then animals start returning, then a meteorite strikes and kills everything, and then the world's desolate, and it goes on and on and on with this cycle for years and years and years, and it is very depressing for the, the story. I mean, it does have a hopeful ending where the aliens or the people have returned and they're going to bring back humanity and the animals. But it's a very nihilistic view of the future. And I gotta say, it's... I think for one shot it works, but anything more it would be terrible because I can't see this even being super interesting. This is for someone who really has issues. I mean, maybe this is a message from... Boy cheat saying, hey, we can't destroy the planet because it's the only one we got and things are going to get horrible or hey, here's an option. I know something that you don't. I don't know. It was a sci-fi story that is depressing. It's nihilistic. It is it's heartfelt, but it's just filled with despair. And while it does have that last moment, I really can't recommend this. I mean, the art style is nice. I do like seeing the pictures of the world, even though it's Disturbing seeing the world devoid of life and seeing the world get destroyed by acid rain and by volcanic ash and by meteorite strikes and nuclear winters. Seeing all that is it's fascinating, but it's not for me and I don't think it's for anyone with a sane mind. So with that in mind, I'm going to have to give this our second rating, which is typical reading material at a local correction facility or psychiatric institute because this is completely batshit crazy. The art is the redeeming factor for this. I do like the nod to Louis Armstrong. I think that's a nice nod to it. I like some of the references to It's a Wonderful World. And the robot, I'm sorry, the AI humming it to himself because he's trying to keep sane. I like that, but I just don't think it's a good manga. It's not. It's an interesting experiment, but I don't see why they would make another one, why they'd readapt it. I don't. I honestly hope they don't ever adapt this into an anime or a movie because it would be depressing and I guarantee it would lose all of its funding and all of its money. Anyway, so that's my thought on that. I dig- And I'm digressing. So remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrocket.com. You can email me at zanspyrocket.com or on Facebook at Twitter at Spyrocket, on Instagram at Spyrocket. Also follow me and if you see me at a con, remember to actually post uh, the Instagram photos with that hashtag so I can actually add them onto the website. And, uh, yeah, you can check out all the show notes in www.spirekin.com on this comment and on the show notes. And let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the Wii 
best friends, the Wheel of Manga accepts no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin that Wheel of Manga. And whatever number it lands on, there is a manga allocated to each of the 10 slots. And whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 255. And we've got some really good manga and some really terrible manga. I mean, besides some, like, Complex Age and Arakawa under the bridge and forbidden scrollery we got some other really weird manga including one about a, a blue cat with no ears so let's spin to review the next episode number seven hmm. oh this is one of the more interesting yen press releases uh in the next episode we're reviewing the sequel to the it's a manga, but it's not a manga, so we'll say it's an OEL manga from Yen Press. It's a sequel to Awkward, the story Brave. Now, if you ever read Awkward, this takes place in the same high school, but it's a little different. I only read a little bit of that, but we're gonna I'm gonna read it and we're gonna talk about it next episode. So with that in mind, this is your Hosan saying catch you guys next time, and I am Gonsville. <laughs>